Hello there, everyone. My name's Andrew. And I'm Cassie. And this is the Culips English Podcast. Hello there, listeners. How's it going? I hope everyone is doing well. This is Real Talk, the Culips series, where we teach you the English that you need to know for real world situations. And today we are going to cover a very important topic indeed. It is how to call 911 when you're in an emergency situation. 911 is the phone number that we call if you need help from the police or the fire station or even if you need to call an ambulance and go to the hospital yourself or call an ambulance for some other person. So we'll get into that today, but I should introduce my co host for today's lesson. It is Cassie. Cassie, how are you? Hey, Andrew, and hi, listeners. I'm doing really well. It's a Friday today, and I'm very happy about it. <laughs> happy Friday. Happy Friday. And if you're listening on a Friday as well, happy Friday to you. So, guys, we'll get started with our lesson here in just a minute. But before we do, we should talk about the study guide. So, there is a study guide that we made to accompany this episode. And in the study guide, you'll get a transcript, detailed vocabulary explanations, real life examples, and a comprehension quiz, plus more. So you can download it and follow along as you listen. That is our recommended way of studying with the guide. And it's available for all Culips members. So, guys, if you want to get the guide, you have to become a Culips member. You can find all of the details and sign up on our website, which is culips.com. So, Cassie, let's get started with the lesson then. Could you just break down and let us know exactly what we're going to learn about today? Sure. So today we're going to learn some practical expressions you can use when calling 911. You know, there may come a time when you get into some sort of an emergency situation. In today's lesson, we're going to teach you some phrases that might come up when calling 911 and how you can call and ask for help in an emergency situation. When people call 911, they're already under a lot of stress. So it's really good to know what kind of questions you're going to be asked before you even make the call so that you're not stressed about the listening comprehension as well, right? Yeah, Cassie, that's a great point, actually, because you are under a great deal of stress. And it's really important that you understand what the dispatcher is saying. So the dispatcher. Is what we call the person who you will be talking to on the phone when you call 911. Dispatch means send. So they send the police, or they send an ambulance, or they send the fire department. So when you're talking to the dispatcher, you want to understand exactly what they're going to say. That's a great point. It's very, very important. Yes, exactly. So, what we're going to do today is we're going to listen to an example conversation between a man who's Witnessed an emergency and a 911 dispatcher, which Andrew described is a person on the 911 hotline communicating with people in a crisis. 
After we listen to that example conversation, we'll go through it step by step and break down the key terms and phrases that we hear along the way. All right, that sounds like a great plan. So why don't we begin by listening to that example conversation right now? Let's do it. Nine one one. What is your emergency? I just witnessed a hit and run. I don't know what I should do. The man isn't moving. I think he's a student. All right, sir. Stay calm. Where are you located? Uh, Broad Street, by the entrance to the university. Okay. Can you tell me exactly what happened? I was walking back to campus and I saw a car just blow through a red light and hit this guy walking across the street. The guy stopped for a second, and then he just drove off, and the man didn't get up. What should I do? There's a lot of blood. Okay, sir. Don't worry. Help is on the way. Stay on the line. I'm going to ask you a few more questions. Okay. Did you notice anything about the car? A model? License plate number? I didn't see a license plate, but the car was a black Honda Civic. All right. How about the man... You think he's a student, right? Does he look young? What's his condition? Yeah, he's he's wearing a university sweatshirt. He's about 20 years old. I think he's breathing, but he hit his head on the pavement. There's a lot of blood. Hurry up. His arms are also at a weird angle. All right. Thank you for your information. An ambulance has been dispatched. Stay on the line until they arrive. Okay, everyone, so we just listened to a rather scary example conversation where a man had to call 911 because he witnessed an emergency situation. Of course, witness means to see, right? So he witnessed, he saw an emergency situation, and he was just being a good citizen, right? In this kind of situation, you don't really have to help, but if you're a good person, you will help. And that's what he did. So he called 911, which is the emergency number in Canada and the USA. And Cassie, I don't know for sure if it is the same for all of the English speaking countries. So maybe in the UK or Australia or something, they use a different number. I'm not sure about that. Do you know? I'm not sure. You're not sure. Okay, so we can only speak everyone for Canada and the USA, but this is the emergency number. So what we're going to do now is go back through that conversation and discuss it and talk about some of the key expressions that we heard and what they mean and when you will hear them or when you should use them. So I think, Cassie, the opening line that we heard the dispatcher say, 911, what's your emergency? This is like the classic way that they answer the phone, right? We can hear this on TV shows all the time. When you call 911, this is what you're going to hear the dispatcher say. So you won't hear them say hello, (laughs) which is normal for most phone conversations. But instead, they will answer the phone with 911, what is your emergency? And the person, the guy who witnessed the emergency situation, he saw a hit and run, a hit and run. That's why he is calling 911. Cassie, what is that? What is a hit and run? A hit and run is a type of car accident where one car hits either 
another car or a pedestrian, someone who's walking, and then doesn't stop and exchange information. They just drive off and kind of run away from the accident. Yeah, bad, bad situation, a hit and run. So actually, the name of this kind of accident really describes it very well, right? They hit something and then they run away in their car or vehicle. So this person then, he witnessed a hit and run. A car hit a pedestrian and then the car ran away, drove away. And so that is why he is called 911. And the next question that the dispatcher asks is, where are you located? So that is absolutely another question that you will hear the dispatcher ask you is, where is your location? And this can actually be a very stressful thing to answer, Cassie, can't it? Because, you know, if you're just walking through a city, maybe it's not in your neighborhood, and then suddenly you witness something like this, you might not know where where am I actually? What street am I on? You might not know. Exactly. So if you don't know, I guess you could just give a general location, right? If there's a landmark, right? This person was by the entrance to the university. So he just said, I'm on Broad Street by the entrance to the university. So it's not a precise address, but it's like the general location. I think that's okay to do if you don't know the exact precise like street address, right? Would you agree? Yeah, I agree. And oftentimes, almost always, I don't know what road I'm on. So I think giving a landmark, like Andrew said, is a key way of informing someone where you're located. You could say, I'm next to a lake, or I'm by this park, or I'm at the sharp turn in the road going towards yada yada town. Exactly. So just try to describe it as best you can. Although I guess now these days that everybody has a smartphone, you could probably, if you you know were really stuck and there were no landmarks around or you didn't know where you were, you probably could just look on like Google map and get a GPS pin. So that might be something to do, but that could be hard to think of in the moment. And sometimes we don't think about using our phone apps when we're actually talking on the phone, right? Exactly. But that could be an option at least. Anyways, let's continue with the conversation. So at this point, the dispatcher asks for more details. Okay, she says, tell me exactly what happened. And this is where the expertise of the dispatcher comes into play. Okay, because the dispatcher's job now is to learn about the emergency and then to send the correct help. So, of course, you know, a situation like this where there's a crime and an injury probably requires both the police and an ambulance. But there might be situations, you know, where it's like a fire and then you would have to send the fire station and an ambulance, maybe even the police. So the dispatcher's job is to understand the emergency situation really clearly so that they can send the correct help to rectify and solve the problem. So the dispatcher says, tell me exactly what happened. And they're trying to get as much detail from the caller as possible. And this is where the witness of the crime, 
the caller to 911 describes what happened. So he said that he was just walking back to campus. So I guess he is a student as well. And he saw a car blow through a red light. Blow. B-L-O-W. Cassie, we usually think of this word blow when we're talking about breathing, right? We blow out air out of our mouth. But when you're driving and you blow through a red light, what exactly does that mean? It means that you don't stop at the red light and you just keep speeding through that red light. Exactly. So I guess when you're driving, there are a couple of ways that you could illegally pass through an intersection, right? You could run a red light or you could blow through a red light. And to me, run a red light is like you go, you approach the intersection and maybe you look both ways and slow down and you're like, okay, it's safe. And you keep going, right? Even though the light is red. But if you blow through a red light, you don't even think about the traffic lights at all. Right? You just keep going. You don't stop to look. You just blow right through. You go through very quickly. I think that is the slight nuance there. Would you agree with that? Yes. And this, I think, happens quite a lot with hit-and-run accidents. Hit-and-run accidents usually occur because the driver of the vehicle that made the collision is either drunk or unconscious for some reason or not in the correct mind state. So a lot of people who blow through red lights as well, it's for that reason. It's because they're not thinking coherently or they've fallen asleep at the wheel. It's not usually a choice to blow through a red light. Unlike if you run through a red light, you're kind of like, oh, can I make it? Can I do it? Yeah, I think I can. Yeah, like I remember when I was a young driver, like 16 or 17, and I had my first part-time job. I worked really early in the morning. I started at 5 a.m. in the morning, and sometimes when I was driving to work, it would be like 4 a.m., and the streets were always totally empty in my small Canadian town at 4 a.m., and I would have to stop at the red lights. You know, I'm a cautious person and I always follow the rules, even if I don't agree with them sometimes, I still always follow the rules. But it was very tempting. You know, you're standing still for two minutes at this red light at 4 a.m. in the morning with zero other drivers on the road. I always thought about running the red light, but thankfully I never did. But yeah, I also heard, Cassie, that in college towns in the USA, hit and runs are much, much, much more common than in other parts of other cities. So for whatever reason, maybe young drivers are more impulsive or Maybe they're just late for class or something, but it's more common around a university campus for drivers to blow through red lights and for hit and runs to be common. So that's another interesting thing to keep in mind. But why don't we get back to the 911 call, which is our focus? Yes. So unfortunately, this sounded like a really bad accident, right? The driver blew through the red light and he hit a pedestrian and then the man didn't get up, and he was bleeding, and the car drove away. And when the man was telling the details of this story, it sounded like he was a little bit panicked, right? He was stressed out, didn't know exactly what to do. So how did the dispatcher respond to this situation? 
She said, "Don't worry, help is on the way. Stay on the line." These two expressions are very, very common in this kind of situation. A dispatcher's job is not just to find out what the emergency is, but to make sure that the person calling does not go into a full-blown panic attack and need help as well and escalate the situation. So the phrase help is on the way is something that you are very likely to hear if you were to call 911. And stay on the line. That might be confusing for some English learners. They might not exactly know what does that mean stay on the line. And the line is just like an old-fashioned expression when we had like wired phones. I think the phone line, you know, there would be a physical wire connecting your phone to the wall, something like that. I think maybe that's the origin, but it just means don't hang up, right? Don't hang up the call, stay on the call. So stay on the line means don't hang up. And as you said, Cassie, you know, the job of the dispatcher is to try and calm the caller down, dispatch, send the appropriate help, but also they want to get as much detail as possible, especially because of this criminal situation, right? It's a crime. A hit and run is a crime, and this might be the best evidence about the crime for like a future court case as well, right? Because they're talking directly to the witness who saw the accident and is witnessing it. In real time, so this is another reason why they want you to stay on the phone, so they can get as much detail about what is happening as possible. And then the dispatcher goes on just to ask for some more information about the situation. Right? She asks, "Did you notice anything about the car? A model? A license plate number?" Let's just break that down. What do they mean, like a model, and what is a license plate? A model is the type of car, so maybe you could figure out what brand it was. I don't know anything about cars, but there's usually a make, so Honda or Kia or something like that. A model, so the type of car for that company. Again, I would be very bad at talking to the dispatcher about this, but others might be really good at it. Yeah, <laughs> me as well. It's a black car. That's all I know. Exactly. And then the license plate number is usually on the back of a car and often on the front of a car, and it's that plate that goes right above your bumper, and it has a number that's specific to your car. It's registered under your name and your car, so that police officers could. Look up that license plate number and figure out who was driving. Exactly. So, if you are a witness to this kind of situation and you can write down or remember the license plate number, that could be a huge help in the investigation. However, that is not easy to do. So, I don't think you need to feel guilty if you can't do that at the moment because that is a really, really difficult thing to do. And in fact, in this situation, the caller didn't know the license plate number, which I think is probably very normal. So that's okay. Now, the final question that the dispatcher asks is about the condition. What condition is the victim of this hit and run in? And so, unfortunately, 
sounds like he's in pretty bad shape. He's in a bad condition. He's bleeding. He hit his head on the pavement, on the ground, and his arm is also at a weird angle. That is what we hear the caller say. His arm is at a weird angle. Cassie, if your arm is at a weird angle, I would imagine it means your arm is broken. Is that what you think of? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so an angle is like a bend, right? Or maybe, Cassie, you're better at math than I am. Is there a better way to describe an angle than a bend? Arms usually go a certain direction, right? They go from your body outwards in a straight line. But if your arm is, you know, angled backwards towards your elbow, you know uh, you probably broke something. Yeah, you don't want to see that. That doesn't sound good. So upon hearing about the crime, about the hit and run, about the condition of the man, the victim who was hit, and about the details of the accident, then the dispatcher makes the decision that this is a real emergency situation and they need to send help as soon as possible. So at this point in the conversation, the dispatcher says that she is sending an ambulance. So she said, an ambulance has been dispatched. And again, dispatched just means sent. So she sent an ambulance to the accident scene and she finally asks the caller just to stay on the line until they arrive, until the ambulance arrives. And I imagine this would be just in case the ambulance has a hard time finding the accident location or just in case some other situation develops. But again, like we said, the 911 dispatcher usually tries to keep the call going for a long time to make sure that all of the information that is needed is there and they can help the situation. So you shouldn't just hang up first. You should always just listen to the instructions of the dispatcher. And once they say it's okay to end the call, then you can end the call. But before that, I would just follow their instructions and try to do what they say as best as you can. Yes, exactly. And this conversation we just listened to is a example of what you're going to hear if you call 911 in an emergency, but there are so many different ways that this conversation could go depending on what your emergency is. But you should always hear some key phrases such as, what is your emergency? Tell me what happened and what's the person's condition. Those are things that you're probably going to hear every single time you call 911. Yeah, exactly. So again, like you said, Cassie, it could go so many different directions. Unfortunately, there are so many different emergency situations out there, but at least you'll hear a lot of the same similar questions asked by the dispatcher, no matter what your emergency is. Why don't we talk quickly about some other reasons that you may call 911? We reserve this number only for real big emergencies, guys. So you don't want to call it, you know, if there's like a small problem in your life, like uh, you're stuck in a traffic jam and you're going to be late for work or something like that. That's not a reason to call 911. <laughs> but if you have a true emergency, 
You know, maybe your grandfather fell down and had an accident, and maybe he broke his hip or something like that. Maybe you yourself have been in an accident. You know, maybe you're a carpenter and you're working with power tools, and you cut yourself or something, and you need to call the ambulance. You could call nine one one. Maybe there's a missing person. You know, that would be so horrifying and frightening if you're a parent and suddenly you're in the supermarket or something and you can't find your son or daughter and you're looking around and you can't find them. That kind of situation, absolutely, you may have to call nine one one. Or what happens if you're in a restaurant and somebody at the next table is choking and you're worried about that medical situation? They might die. You could call nine one one. So any kind of real, true emergency, we call this number. But other than that, we don't like to call it. And in fact, if you abuse it, if you call it when it's not a real emergency, then you potentially could get in trouble. It's really only reserved for serious emergencies to do with medical situations, fires, or crimes. Those three things. Yes, that's exactly right, and that's why you have to really watch your phone around young kids. I've heard that nine one one gets called by kids under the age of five a lot more than you'd think because little kids think it's cool to call nine one one, but it clogs up the line and creates a lot of issues. So watch out for that as well. And we also learn about it from a young age, right, Cassie? Like. Maybe that's the first phone number that we actually learn as little kids is nine one one, and maybe our parents' phone numbers. So it's in our heads, and yeah, if you're just like playing, you know, pretending, playing as kids do, they might call that number accidentally. But anyways, guys, we're at the end of today's episode. So before we go, why don't we just summarize and wrap up? Okay, so today we learned about how to call nine one one. Yeah, and we also learned about common questions you'll be asked when making an emergency nine one one call and how to respond. That's right. We learned the expressions "What is your emergency?" and "Where are you located?" and "What's his condition?" All common questions that you are going to be asked when calling nine one one. And we also learned the expressions "hit and run," "help is on the way," and "stay on the line." Well, that brings us to the end of this episode. Thanks for listening, everyone, and we hope you learned a lot with us today. We also hope that you never have to use what you learned today. <laughs> One of the few times where we hope that, guys. Our website is qlips.com, and if you want to get the study guide, including the transcript and practice exercises for this episode, please visit our website to download it. And guys, if you Like this episode today, and you found it helpful? Why don't you help support us by becoming a Qlips member? It is a great way of showing your support, but it's not the only way. You can also help us out by leaving us a five-star rating and a nice review on your podcast app, by telling your friends about Qlips, and by following us on social media. Yeah, stay up to date with Qlips by following us on Instagram. 
Our email address is also contact at culips.com. And if you'd like to send us a message, you can feel free to do that. We enjoy hearing from our listeners. We'll be back soon with another brand new episode. We'll talk to you all then. Goodbye and take care. See ya. See ya.